So second is this song called Once More, which is a guy I grew up with is now a one-man one man acapella band. Huh. Like he makes all the noises with his mouth. We're familiar with what acapella uh, means. Thank you. <laughs> I want to get one of those new shirts. I'm going home. Uh, anyway, it's by Zach McMillan. Uh, Shout out Zach McMillan. Find yourself. You know him because you were in homeroom with him, weren't you? <laughs> Get it? No. McCullough, McMillan, they sat by each other. Oh my God. I think he was older than me. We he were made actually, a bunch of noises with his mouth back then. I think we were both actually Everybody homeschooled. Hated him then. Hush, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure both our parents gave up on our homeschool around the same time. Really? Yeah. All then right. we went to real. So you, real, hey, we went to regular school you, together. You yeah. banded together. Right. Yeah. yeah we oh did. My God. Just we were in the, the band. Just finished the list, yes. bro. Just finished the list. We watched Cool Runnings and we tried to make our own bobsled. <laughs> his list is so much better than yours, dude. <laughs> All right. So I got those to um all of my non like hey, li- fidget boy <laughs> all of my non lyrical stuff i listen to a bunch of like edm yeah no. i know you seem to me like a christopher nolan movie soundtrack guy when you're like i actually do that when you're on discord i listen to i listen play in with pokemons <laughs> i just go edm all night long and then i get on twitter space <laughs> I wish you didn't so accurately <laughs> represent my every evening. Whole time is amazing. Best space? asleep. I've been four or more hours by myself. If I, no, 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 no. If I normally, normally I'm having got a conversation. seven fire tweets in the in the chamber. <laughs> just bam, bam, bam. Just Y'all unloading my out. drafts. Y'all are showing out for Joel and Charles, our live studio audience. That's what's happening right now. <sighs> we just all love comedy. <laughs> Sorry that we're funny. Yeah. Welcome to Products of Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow, and with me today I have Don Terrell and Blake McCullough. So, Don, what are we doing today? Today. Today. (laughs) So today, what are we doing today? Today, we will discuss the title of today's episode is Anxiety Part Do. Have we already done that? No, we did no, the we first didn't. one. We didn't do the second one. We never did the second one. Okay. So this, this is fitting, right? Okay. My theory is, here's my theory. We are a practitioner of the whole man. The whole man. The whole man. Don't mm. put your hand up like that. It's weird. <laughs> <The whole man>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You feel me? Yep. You know what I'm saying? I do. Because <laughs> I was thinking about this. Mm. 46%, I don't know, don't hold me to that, but we'll say that statistic. statistic. <laughs> I mean, we're not about truth, we're about truth. So. <laughs> Eat fast food on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been just randomly telling people, don't be a statistic. Mm. <laughs> There's, you cannot not be a statistic. You're on one side or the other. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it sounds so, you know, it's like one of those when you tell somebody, you're like, you're welcome. Like, for what? <laughs> my know, friend, it's just, it just evokes yeah, an emotional yeah. A response. friend of mine, he'll appreciate this. A friend of mine named Keith Harris, every time I talked to him on the phone, when, when, when I was, I mean, when I was in Grenada, every time we hung up, he'd say, hey, man, don't get shot. And I was like, why do you say that? He said, do you want to get shot? <laughs> I'm like, no. He said, is it bad advice? Nope. All right. Y'all have a good day. So <laughs> in the heart of the pandemic. 
Oh man! Dear brother, goes to church here. I was like, "All right, man, y'all be safe." I didn't, I didn't even realize what had come out of my mouth. He turned around and goes, "Don't tell me what to do." <laughs> I was like, "My bad." Be dangerous, man. Did you see where In and Out In and Out's on the news right now? No, they are making their employees bring a doctor's note to to justify wearing a mask. I love them so much. How the turntable. That's the most based. I think they're also moving to Tennessee. So shout out. Maybe one headquarters day headquarters Nashville. Yeah. One day soon we can. Yep. Have in and out. It's amazing. Hey, bro. I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but Guthrie's is coming right over here, and I'm gonna smash some fried chicken, bro. Did you see my tweet this week? I think I'm getting no shadow band. Yeah, I'm shadow band. Big shadow band. So I'm at Kroger pumping gas, and I'm smelling. Number one, I think gas smells amazing. The fumes. Yeah. Diesel smells better. I don't know about that. That's real. All of a sudden, I smell fried chicken, and I'm like, oh, that smells amazing. <laughs> oh, I did see this tweet. And I was like, what if I'd never tasted fried chicken? Well, you've never tasted gas, and you think it smells good. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I retract my statement. You're absolutely right. Speaking I can think of giving me anxiety. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. I was like, I just wonder, like, if I'd never eaten fried chicken, never tasted it, would that, are my taste buds tied to my, what do you call those? They're not nostrils. <laughs> you're, you're, you're smelling whatever that organ is, your nose. You know, like, since my nose has been stopped up for, like, over a decade, you're like, <laughs> I, I don't think that I taste things as well as other people. Of course you don't. And it you hurts. Need, you need your nose. It bothers me bad. That's real. I think you have to be able to really enjoy your food. You All the senses must smack. be engaged. You have to no. aerate. You have to smack. Julie, I'm sorry. Put I'm Cheetos in. I'm not going to let Cheetos in. No, Pork rinds. No, you're wrong. Whatever. It's just, uh-uh. it's just a rotation uh-uh. of air. I can't mm-hmm. help it. I want you to see me making ice cream. It's just, boom, it's in there. God. <laughs> <laughs> What did you just say? Bro. Help me make an ice cream. I don't know. That's like, to me, that's churn. fingernails on the chalkboard. Really? Yeah, yeah like I can't. I'm, I'm so notorious man. about it. If but I'm ever with you and you see me doing it, that and I'm a slumper. I slump. Mm, same. I do that. Oh, that's okay. It's acceptable. I want to buy one of those braces that <laughs> cock your back back, you know, and I don't know what they're called. Posture. Posture. Yep. yep. Something's. <laughs> All we right. should invent that along with your T-shirt. No, we're not talking about that. <laughs> you had a really great idea on inventing a T-shirt. Why don't, you, why don't you flip that out? Maybe we'll back into a garden conversation. <laughs> and a belly button or two. Maybe we'll back into an endorsement deal. Maybe. Yep. All right. You want to go rapid fire here? Let's find out in the rest of this episode. Oh, what was my idiom? Why are you so bad at this? You're a professional. Let's find out in the rest of this episode. Oh, if variety is, in fact, the spice, the of, spice life. of life. Okay, I'm here for it. Yeah. Mm. Is this? Can I, can I ask a question? Is this going to be a whole episode of So Lawson? Well, I feel like the, I feel like, I feel like the public has so lawsoned you. Nobody, nobody so lawsoned me. But that, that was your fear when, when you preached and what you said, what you said. You know, sometimes I have conversations with you that I don't want to make into the podcast. <laughs> I, who's, who had to reference that? <laughs> okay. I, I never took the comment from the pulpit as anything other than true. What comment? I don't know why I said that. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's gone true. now. Let's just it's do gone. it. We're here. It We're here. What Let's comment? go. The comment about if there was more prayer, uh, there would be less therapy. Therapy. 
Yeah. Yeah. What about it? I don't know. It seemed like we've had this ongoing conversation ever since the first anxiety episode sure. that has now more, I don't know, more <coughs> permeated the immediate space of our reality to say like, well, what is anxiety? Well, how do you deal with it? Mm. And I got to thinking about when you look at like, I could go out to my work, you know, to like HR landing page and they've got, I mean, I think we're inundated with like mental health, mental health, mental health. You mm-hmm. know, I think we really are. It's and like I'm, a medicalizing of everything. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, we can talk to somebody. You can check this out and it has other resources and you can get a referral, you know, to primary care physician or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I went out on SBC's resource for pastors, Godstone. Mm-hmm. Oh, you sent us this. I sent y'all that. I didn't read it. And it's got, it's got like a bio from a pastor. It was like, hey man, I was really dealing with depression and reached out to Godstone. And he, he, gave, a, he gave a good like list of like the deacons at the church really poured into my life. And I was like, oh, that's good. Like there were some good, you know, things that he was doing. And then it made reference to... And I also went and I think he got some medicine. Hmm? He got medicine. And so Guidestone was like putting that out there. Hmm. For a season, he had medicine. <clears throat> so anyways, I thought, you know, from, I think there's all sorts of things that get into one's life that can cause all sorts of, and I guess I'm going to put air quotes, like mental health issues. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, let's take this for example. If you have premarital sex, you are going to deal with guilt and anxiety. True. (laughs) Yes, that is accurate. True. If you have genetic high blood pressure, it may in fact cause you to feel anxious. Hmm. Like this is is real. That is real. If you eat fast food more than 43% of the time or whatever the (laughs) amount of time it is, like it could cause all sorts of health issues, mental included. Yes. If you don't get a good amount of rest, yes, it's going to cause compounding health issues. Sure. If you don't drink water, yeah, you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> so you had this tweet. You had this, this tweet, is Lawson. Coffee. <laughs> yeah, you had this tweet. Well, I know a good brother. Let me throw this. I know a good brother who limits... Who, who does not drink caffeine because of what it does to his. Yeah, I'll mess with you. Yeah. Yeah, I will. His mental health. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So you had a quote. You had a tweet. <clears throat> what was it on Twitter? Something about a country mile. Oh, uh, don't let a secular marriage counselor within a country mile of your I don't think you said marriage. I think I specific... I think you just said don't let. I think you said marriage. <clears throat> Go into the records. <clears throat> Let's do it. Chapter and verse him on Twitter. Going to the records. Um, what does it say? We need Twitter gotta, research music. Can I, is, I don't have the button that lets me search my own tweets. Do you follow him yet, Blake? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, trash, but to right. be fair, I deleted my Twitter app and my Facebook app because I'm trying to make it it's harder to get on there. <clears throat> and so I hadn't really spent that much time on there. I'm fairly certain it's marriage. But I can't, I, I cannot. How long ago was it? It was a minute. Here, I'll do it. Why can't I just do it? I just can't search for it and I don't want to. I don't oh. want to scroll through my tweets and find that one. Lawson. I would put, I would oh, search counselor. Okay. I mean, I, I don't Pastors. know I drew. Joel? Oh, you did say. Pastors don't let a secular marriage counselor within a country mile of your church members. I know what I said. And I thought. I was 97% sure. <laughs> you know what I was going to say? Yeah. I think that country mile might help. You know? 
I don't understand. Like if you walked a country mile, yeah. you might yeah, feel go better. The country, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Hard to agree with that. Take time. Yep. Take time. Go on a date. Well, say, you, say you're in a disagreement. You might need to go walk a country Abide mile. Abide by the threshold back, rule. And then come back. Or maybe, maybe just a regular country mile exercise might help. Mm. Oh, hard. There is yeah. just a lot. There's a mm-hmm. lot. Because we are whole people. We are whole people. So, Even okay. We got Blake. Can we, can I? Yeah. You can do whatever right. you want. So, for the most part, y'all know who Stuart Scott is, not no. the ESPN analyst, but the biblical counselor. I love how you looked at me. I wouldn't have known <laughs> that he was an ESPN right, analyst. So Stuart Scott. Away. Yeah, but <clears throat> this one, the biblical counselor is okay. still among us. All right. And so he, he kind of has this chart that I think is a helpful, helps me in my visual mind that we are body and soul, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you make a circle, half body, half soul, that's, it doesn't, you know, you look at it. A lot of times we think, that just the half of that soul mm-hmm. uh, deals with spiritual mm-hmm. hurt or spiritual issues, mm-hmm. but rather spiritual issues involve all of it. The whole being. And so spiritual things affect our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think mental health is a misnomer for that reason, in the <clears> sense <throat> that there are there are spiritual realities that are pushing up against us mentally and physically and spiritually, like our body and soul all at the same time is dealing with, with spiritual realities that are, that could cause anguish. What do you think, Lawson? That the body and soul are, uh, yeah, work together. together as one yeah, day. absolutely. Yeah. This goes back to like C.S. Lewis's argument from, uh, from Screwtape Letters where convince him that he need not actually hit his knees that mm-hmm. is that he can that he can bow only in spirit. Yeah, and, he's, and basically the argument is no, the spirit does what the body does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like to say like oh yeah I'm 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 bowing before the Father in in men- mentality only. It's like no, mm-hmm. like actually go to your knees. And so yeah, they they obviously work together. And I and I think they're the only form of separation that exists for body and soul ever is for a limited period of time. Like like that that's for that's for the just and the unjust. Yeah, but I'm saying I think that there's a misunderstanding <clears throat> of the fact that the spiritual powers around us and the spiritual power that sin has only affects us spiritually, like in our soul or like in yeah, our if you deepest have, if parts. You have, but that it has physical yeah, effects if, as well. Yeah, if you have real spiritual anguish, it was not going to surprise me that your heart beats up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- those two things go in tandem. I was I I had a thing this week that I had to deal with, and it was it, there's no reason for my body if if these two things are are completely separate from one another, there was no reason to my for my body to 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 function in fight or flight, mm-hmm. and yet. It functioned in fight or flight, mm-hmm. like it was preparing for something. And so, as it prepared for something, it wasn't preparing for an actual fight or an actual flight. It was preparing for an, an a spiritual activity that needed to be done. Yeah. So, like, yeah, those two things are they Same. they go hand in hand. They can't be divorced. Mm. I hard agree with that. <clears throat> My daughter sent me this joke. <laughs> How strong do you like your coffee? <clears throat> the guy says in response, "I wanted to show up on a drug test." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was comedy. <laughs> but I do think that is, you know, sometimes coffee too much. Mm. 
you know? I just have found, now that I'm turning 44, (laughs) I do. I think I used to compartmentalize these things. Yeah. Where it was like, and and I'd hard agree, in the words of Lawson, that if there was more prayer, there would be less therapy. But I also think like if there were more or less of a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? Like that's where I am. Like you have to steward your body. Yes. Like you, we, you have to steward yeah, your body. Anxiety can be a symptom that can manifest itself, right? Of something that you're dealing with prayer. Yes. Right. To, to whatever that is. But I think a lot of times like that anxiety is a manifestation of like a multiplicity of things like mm-hmm. that. We just have terrible. I don't know, man. Like we have, we make te- we can make terrible choices across a litany of decision making that lead to anxiety. That can be food, rest. That can be how we think about money or how we use money. That can be how we treat other people and treat ourselves. I mean, I just mm-hmm. think it, it, it runs the whole gamut of the whole. I mean, I don't. To me, it's like if somebody just says generically, "I'm dealing with anxiety." A lot of times, it's like, "Brother, I'll pray for you." But sometimes it just is like, absolutely, like, tell me what's going on. Like being 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 close enough to other believers where you can take time to unpack that. You know what I'm saying? And walk through like, hey man, what what are you dealing with? You know, well, I'm yeah. dealing with these thoughts, right? Whatever these thoughts are, you know, maybe it's a, thinking too far ahead around anything. Anything. Literally anything. I mean, it's like when I think about taking care of my family for beyond tomorrow, today. You know, it's like I can get I can get because you can throw in a thousand variables between now and the yeah. next forty eight hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I think about, and I was talking to uh, Danny Vernon at Meet Up Mercy Hill in Mississippi this past Saturday, I was like, you know, sometimes like my I can feel my anxiety need to be rebuked when I start to think about my remaining uh, years on this planet before I go. What kind of death did I say when we said Adam died? But what what was the word I was using? Clinical. Before I experience my clinical death. <laughs> and it's like, because it will know, not be a spiritual one. Right. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like 35, 40 years, 45, you know. And like Lawson from the pulpit was like, I mean, if the Lord give us 65 years, I'm like, bro, give me more. Give me more. <laughs> That's crazy, <laughs> That's bro. just 21. It's yeah. just 21. He was real shallow with mm-hmm. how many years mm-hmm. he gets. And as you get older, you'll add from what do the pulpit. I mean, pulpit, that's just 21. From me. where he's at now. Yeah, I'm like, bro, give me, go <laughs> make it 89. <laughs> give everybody 89. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's real shallow with that. Y'all are 150. <laughs> yeah, is everybody like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't know a whole bunch of people that sitting no, about 100, they're like, yeah, give me another 50 years. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah, at least, okay. Yep. So I, I think in those terms, right? So what sure. are some things like, I mean, ultimately when you're dealing with the whole man, <clears> I wanted to put the whole man out here and then talk about anxiety as it relates to the whole man, prayer being one element inside our, I think you said our spiritual war chest or, mm. you know, that we can arm arsenal. ourselves with, our arsenal. Well, let's talk about that. I've, I kind of think of this as like, if there was someone sitting in front of me who said, I'm anxious and I don't know why, mm. or I'm anxious all the time. I think that there are things that we would counsel to them prayer being one of that's kind of how I'm seeing your arsenal picture is in real time. If someone's sitting here, what are we going to say to them would be helpful, helpful to do. And I think the first thing 
is to really take stock of how they're spending their time. Yep. And so in the sense of even to like journal it, right? Like how much time do you spend to sleep? Mm. Because if it's five hours a night or four hours of night, I can understand why you're anxious and why your heart might be doing weird things mm-hmm. with your anxiousness, anxiety, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, how much time do you spend on social media or just on your phone in general? How much time do you spend by yourself? How much time do you spend um, sitting sedentary? I mean, I think time is like one of the things that kind of permeates all of the tools we have. Mm. Like we, you, we really need to look at how much of your day is spent doing different things. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with, I agree with all of that. I mean, I think dealing with the whole man, like if someone says that I'm anxious all the time, like I think I told the both of you that there was a period of a couple of months that I was having heart palpitations on the regular. Mm-hmm. And so like come come to find out at this point, like Beth Beth is like convinced of, of what it is. And it's like, there's normally just moments of high stress. Mm. That, and, and, and real life, I normally don't feel in the moment. Like if Beth asked me, are you stressed out? No, I'm not. Like I'm really not. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, it's like, does that take a toll on my body still? Like as I'm having to deal with pressured issues and everybody's mm-hmm. got pressured issues that they're going to have to deal with. Like, it's just part of life, but nonetheless, it makes it all the more important in the midst of those moments that I have actual outlets for rest. And one of those, ha- you can put this in, I put this in this category that that rest both has to be like a mental rest, but it also has to be training your body to, to, to deal with it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think if if you, if you're, so like the thing that always heals, like that stops me having heart palpitations is actually getting my heart rate up. It's Mm -hmm. like actually going and do something physical to train Mm -hmm. my body to be prepared for it. And so like, like I'll never forget a while back, I was having a conversation, a a pretty heavy one. And my watch is notifying me that my heart rate's too high. It's like your heart rate's too high. And like, you're sitting still, you're not active. My heart rate was like 230. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a misreading. <laughs> I mean, my, 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 my heart was beating super hard and it was like, mm, that's not good. Like there should, I should be able to handle myself in this situation in a more, in a more controlled way. But it's like, you know, some of that is, is your body prepared for stress? Mm-hmm. And so like, you don't be surprised when you, when you haven't trained your body for stress and in the midst of a stressful situation, your body is like, I don't, I'm, I'm this is new. So this is part of the whole man, I think, to me, is that we, I don't, I agree with you. I don't think we steward our bodies in a way that is, that is always most helpful and preparing them for difficulties. Yeah. For those inflection points that yeah. you've, yeah, you know, that you have, I don't know, I mean, I don't want to call them healthy habits, but I think Christian disciplines go far outside of yeah. spiritual disciplines. And like, I think that's where a lot, at least in my See, mind. I don't, so I don't, I mean, I, I think, I think it's. I don't know if I want to divide the two, right? Like, I'm saying they have been divided as I grew no, no, no. up. I'm saying like you said, I don't, you said, I don't want to call them spiritual disciplines, but I think stewardship of body is a spiritual discipline. Yeah. That's, yeah, where, I, that's yeah, where I'm at. Yeah, it has to like be. Like it would be like, you would go out, right? Let's say like you go out back in the day on youth retreat and be like, all right, guys, we're doing a hyper intensive focus <laughs> on spiritual disciplines. Like for the next seven days, you're going to do everything that you're going to do at home, right? Yeah. You're going to go, you're going to read your Bible, you're going to journal, you're going to pray. Like all of these things are good, but it's like, hey, bro, we're going to pump you full of, you're going to go and 
get all the candy you want, all pizza, the pizza, and like you're gonna stay Coke. up till three a.m. Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. after that week, guess what? I felt like trash. Yeah, always, <laughs> always. Like those things have yeah. have an effect. Or like, here's the one that gets me. I, there's there's never been moments in my life that I have felt worse in all areas than after a lock in. <laughs> yes. It's like it's like it's like this is this is a terrible idea. It's like, hey, let's deprive ourselves of everything that's necessary for survival, Mm. and then let's call it a spiritual endeavor, bro. Guess what? When I was in high school, we had a prayer themed lock in. We were praying at like three a.m., and this dude fell asleep standing up, standing up, (laughs) fell on the ground. (laughs) Whoa! Was this your idea? No, I was a I was a teenager. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, no. Yeah. But I was just like, what are, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, Who you would never want to do that on the regular. Right. Or at Ever. all. But also at like. All. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, at all. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, like at all. Like, like but the, so like there's a, in military training, there are times where you must train to be able to survive that because those men may actually have to survive that. The normative individual is, does not need to train for that. Like you just don't need to learn how to survive with uh, with no sleep for seven days. Mm-hmm. You need to go to bed. Like it's just part of it. And but I mean, I think rest in and of itself, though, rest is so crucial to the life of the Christian. And it, and this is like so obviously making reference to training and caring for our bodies. But the other portion of this is rest. And I don't think we know how to actually rest anymore because our rest is always filled with stressors. Mm. So like most people, at the end of the day, they're like, "Oh, I'm going to go rest for a little bit." And what are you going to do? You're going to sit on the couch and you're going to scroll through Twitter or Facebook. You're going to sit at your computer chair and scroll through Discord and play games. I can actually rest, though. Uh, <laughs> this is for them. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not but, me, Blake. <laughs> but, so, but so, like, but, but what, I'm, what I'm really getting I'm at. I'm just playing with I know, you Thanks for telling me, though. Um, what I'm getting after is, like, you need to know what actually does allow you to, to, to breathe and to yes. rest for a minute. Yes. And sometimes that, like, that may be, I mean, I know of ample men, right, who go into their garages and build something. I'm right? on my grass. Or my, I, I do my, not rest while I'm I in my yard. I'm my grass. I'm angry. Mm-mm. Okay. You create angry. beauty out of chaos. Yeah, I told y'all the other day. It's good. The world needs me to cut my grass. <laughs> <laughs> I would be depriving it of great beauty. Mm. Yeah. So You're creating order from yeah, chaos. That's right. And it's beautiful. So there are things that are actually restful. You need to know what those things are, and you need to actually take them. And if you're married, this is something I'd add. If you're married, you need to be able to have an open enough relationship with your spouse to be able to say, I just need a minute. Like, I, that shouldn't be every moment of the day. Like, it, it, I think those are probably rare occasions. But there are times where I get home and best like, I just, I need to go for a walk. Hmm. It's like, all right, go. And then there are other times, like, I'll, I remember we came back from, oof, we came back from, like, our gauntlet holiday week from, like, this is probably, like, 2020, 2021. We got no, this was like the the family gauntlet oh, gotcha. of like Christmas time. We got back and I was like, my mood was just shot. I was super on edge about everything. I looked at Beth. We got everything in. We set everything down. And I said, I'm going into my office and I'm closing the door. And she looked back. She said, please do that. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I just, I didn't need long. Mm-hmm. I, I think I sat there for 30 minutes with nothing happening. And it's just like, I just needed to be still for a minute. Because I get, I get, uh, I get noise overload, mm. like la- like uh, messy to me, or or um, mm. what's the word I'm looking for? Cluttered to me mm-hmm. is noise. Yeah, and so like I can't. And so after being in a car and with family and all of that for like three days, I was like, Mm-mm. silence. 
I need silence. And so like, I think- So how do we build, how do we- How do we what? Build up our bodies. Yeah, so I think I was looking up a verse. Blake, you answer the question, and then I'll while I'm looking up this verse. <laughs> right. I think it's I think it's an open conversation. I thought we already answered it. it was discipline. Right? Yeah, it I mean, is discipline. Okay. Well, y'all keep talking about and it's up. knowledge too. And I, and I don't yeah. believe that the Bible is silent on these things at all. No. I think no. a lot of times we approach the scriptures with again thinking about ourselves and havesies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like we're actually the whole person. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Bible specifically says um, the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Mm -hmm. And I think like to then bring ourselves and discipline us within a relationship of Mm -hmm. money. And if we have that relationship with money out of balance, it's going to cause discord in the believer's life because Mm -hmm. it's going to give fruit as a manifestation of that sin. And I think about those things across the whole litany of our experiences as humans, you know what I'm saying? Like how Mm -hmm. we interact, again, how we interact with the things God has granted us, our sleep, our awake, our working. I mean, you know, all this, like I, there's just a healthy relationship that we can have with every single one of these uh, aspects of our life. And I think the scriptures are not silent on it. I think there's plenty of information, plenty of uh, truth to glean from God's word around how to conduct oneself in every single one of these arenas. Yeah. And I believe it starts with certainly prayer being one of those things, but also increasing in the knowledge of God and praying to him that we would expand our knowledge in these things so that we could be. I think the, I think the Christian should be exemplary in every single one of these arenas. And my question to the Christian a lot of times is like, okay, you're dealing with anxiety. Like, tell, like, tell me who you are. Like, are there things in your life that are worth imitating? And what would you say is not worth imitating? And I think at that point, like you've probably taken a good question to identify like, yeah, that's something that I need to expunge for my life or lean on a brother for prayer around, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that. I think if, and I think the other thing is if you, if, if there's something in your life that you know is a suck from you, like it actually drains you, it takes life from you and it's not, it's not valuable. Like there, obviously we spend ourselves, like that's part of the Christian life. <laughs> yeah, right? I, was about, I was like, where are you going with this? Cause yeah. it sounded a lot like, you know, like you just need to get rid of all the toxic No, that's not what I'm life. saying. But I'm saying, <laughs> like, well, I'm saying I'm going to get rid of both my kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I normally pack, pack your bags. I'm sorry. It's not funny. Um, <laughs> you thought the, it was my kids. <laughs> the, Jokes. I think I think that there are areas in which we permit ourselves to to give bandwidth that we shouldn't, mm. and so like in the midst of that, like you're giving away things that that you just shouldn't be giving away. Like I was I was telling, uh, uh, meaning like Blake, not saying no, not not saying no. Yes is one, but also not trusting others. Got you. So like okay, this week, wait, we were going someplace. I was pointing to Blake oh. because this week I, I had. I had three different things in front of me that had to be done. One was actually real; it was easier for Blake to do than for me to do. I'm not giving information here. Um, one was easier for Blake to do than for me to do. That being the case, it was like, what do I need to do? I need to give it to Blake and say, Blake, you've got to do this, and you're going to do it excellently. Doesn't change the fact. So this is this is what it ultimately comes down to. I for hope me. I did it. You did, and you did it excellently. And I okay. know that because the person told me. Um, because uh, there is one thing you told me to do that I haven't done yet. 
<laughs> so not that one. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's before Sunday, it's fine. <laughs> so not so not that one. So um, so anyway, but like so I think sometimes we need to this this comes ultimately down to we need to realize that we're humans. Mm. Like there's just an anthropology that needs to be played out in the life of the Christian that hey Despite the fact that you see some people like like Al Mohler, mm. if you're trying to live your life like Al Mohler, you're probably going to die. Like, yeah, Al, but I mean, look but, at Spurgeon. No, I'm saying like they literally Spurgeon died, they literally very young. died, yeah, like in his thirties, so, no, forties. No, no, he was older than that. I think he was in his fifties, bro. Bro, I think he was in his fifties, but we can debate that later. I, I could be super wrong. So, so anyway, yeah, like, but he was. He was, he was off the rails with like personal disciplines. Yeah. Like he was mm-hmm. not. Yeah, he, he's not. He's not worth mimicking in those areas, mm-hmm. to say the least. Actually, you should avoid the vast majority of things that he did. And so, but to recognize that there are other people who are able to do something, and you have to be willing to say, "I've got to let them do this." And I, not only do I have to let them do this, I have to actually mentally put this down and trust that they're going to do it well. Otherwise, I might as well have just gone and done it. Because you're just draining yourself anyway. You're not actually resting. This is what I'm getting after. You're not actually resting, and therefore, therefore, you're you might as well just continue to keep doing it. And you're putting your body under the very same stress that you would if you just went and did it. Maybe more. Mm-hmm. And so, but that takes an honest approach and, it does, and willing to ask for help. I mean, it takes this, growth. It, do, it does. But I think a lot of people are Lawson wouldn't have done what he did. I know under what he no did circumstances, now. he wouldn't have done it two years ago. I probably wouldn't have done it a year ago. Under under no circumstances, what I've done, what I it was Saturday night. It's you would have done thing. it six weeks, six months ago. I would have done it six months ago. I've I've been sanctified anyway. I would so, say in the past year. In the past year, I would have done it. But I mean, yeah. I yeah. yeah. So other than that. if it was the school year, though, I wouldn't have done it. Uh, I I think you still could have. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, as we're debating a, an ethereal topic that no one knows, <laughs> um, is is we've got to be willing to hand things off and to understand that we're finite. Yeah, like there's what if just you can't hand the thing off. Then you've got to do it. This is providence has placed you here. You have to do it. So what? It like, do you, but I think people suffer in silence. That's so you're I think saying like, are. how do you deal with the anxiety of the things that you have to do? Yeah, like my my children are impressing upon me in this stage of <laughs> life. The face on your the look on your face. You know, right now. this <laughs> is difficult. Yeah, I can't tap. Yeah, no, you, you know, can't. I can't call one eight hundred. You know. Sub dad, you know, <laughs> sub a new guy. You know, saying like these are I the think, things I, that yeah. I'm committed to. And I yeah. think a lot of times as a provider, right? I, I can't go do anything else other than provide. Yeah. So it's like, how do I deal in those types of things? And I think like what I'm keying in on is Lawson's example, although in that situation, I, I think it's scalable. I think it kind of falls on its face. But when, no, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying you have to do those things. But I, what I'm saying is there are some things you do that you shouldn't be doing. Like certainly. what are the things that you don't have to do? And you're giving you're away bandwidth yes. that you shouldn't be giving Agreed. away. The recognition is I'm finite. Here are the responsibilities I have to do. And I need to make sure that I have room in my life to do them really yes. well. If you're hearing me say this and it means, oh, I need to cut out all of the other important things that I need to do for this one thing, you're totally misapplying what I'm saying. Mm. I'm saying that there are often times where you can allow and you should allow the people that God's placed in your life to help cover for you, mm-hmm. right? Like that's net. Yes. you No, you, go ahead. So keep going. that's necessary and important, but there, there are responsibilities that simply can't be given away. I think, I think Galatians 6 is helpful here. Okay. So I'm going to lose that verse now and I'm sad, but here. So if anyone, this is Galatians 6, 1. Um, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep, keep watch on yourselves, lest you be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. 
but let each one test his own work and then his reason and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor for each will have to bear his own load. And so it's a mixture of saying like, hey, you've got to bear one of those burdens, but at the very same time, you have to bear your own load. There are things that people simply cannot take up for you. And so you need to be willing to look over to the brother next to you or to your family member or to whoever it may be and say, hey, I need your help with this. And where you cannot, you know, offboard that, you've got to be you've got to be willing to pick it up and to deal with it and to work through it. Hmm. I still think some of this, like I'm I'm being everything I'm saying is broad brush. Yeah. To make that really clear. Everything I'm saying is broad brush. Sometimes we need to receive the responsibilities that God gives us as providential blessings that are given for our sanctification and receive them as such. So somebody called in to ask um, Pastor John. It was like, Pastor John, which one? Pastor John Piper. Hey, what do you think about antidepressants? And he kind of went on and said, look, I want to be real careful when I say this. Went on to gave his response. I won't won't touch on his response. The reason why I'm saying all this is because I think in our society, a pill is the first answer. This is what it is. Yeah. It's permeated our Christian communities. Sure. Hey, I want to do, you name it. I want to, I want to lose weight. Oh yeah. That's yeah, for sure. I got, I got a pill. I got something, you know, mm-hmm. like it's never about doing the concrete steps that can get sure to, to a healthy place. And I, I do think that you can make the distinction too. Like I, I don't think that anyone should hear us and say, so what they're saying, it, like if we don't think the pill is the first answer that we're like anti-medical, because I do think, I think like if you're in a spot in de- of depression where it's like, I, I feel like, and I don't like the word, but I feel like I can't get out of bed. Like I would push you to go to the doctor and just get all your like laps yeah, checked. your vitals. Everything actually checked. Right. Like yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, like us saying a pill is not the first answer is not saying well, you just need to deal with the problems spiritually. It's like you actually might have something physical going on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and maybe yeah. you do need yeah, like yeah, right. your thyroid checked or your yeah. your hormone. You know, what I mean, yeah, I had yeah. a friend in high school who was depressed, like <clears throat> like self described depressed all the time, and he went and they're like, "Yeah, man, your vitamin D is really bad." <laughs> It's like you need sun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but like when no, it's absolutely it's right. like a doctor. No, it's took a family member to the ER, yeah. bro. Yeah, and they ran all vitals. Okay, yeah. and there was some anxiety, some panic, some I just downright don't feel well. Um, and it was it was dehydrate. It was he was dehydration. Yes. It'll destroy you. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know what it was? Yeah. Waters and bananas. Yeah. Like waters and bananas. And so I just think like, again, going back to the guy that can't get out of the bed, like it might be that there's some medical issues going on that medicine might need to treat. If you, if you are always having migraine headaches, no one's saying that you don't need to go get medical care to probably get some medication to help with your headaches because those headaches. And be grateful and be grateful to God for the medicine that that exists. Yeah, because the headaches are not going to allow you to to function in society, not even to be doing the spiritual things that God has called you to do with his people. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think like. That's why I wanted to make that distinction because I think that. Yeah, bro, I appreciate chemo. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. The caricature (laughs) is just like, well, if you don't think that people should just jump onto antidepressants or anti-anxiety medicine then like you're anti-medicine altogether and it's like well, no i do think that we 
we would counsel anyone who feels that way to be like, maybe you should just go get all your stuff checked and mm-hmm. make sure everything's okay. Yeah. So like, let me, Physi- let me physiologically. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that's, I think that's helpful. Right. So the basic gist is, and th- this is where I've always been. If there is something actually physically wrong, you need, you need, you need care, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's actually where I am. My, my basic, my basic frustration. And I, and I, and I can, I can yeah, I think, flesh this out. Yeah. I have, uh, if I'm, if I have a frustration with, the uh maybe i'll say the therapy industry right it's like why is it that everybody you ever see needs a needs a pill like that's 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 a lot and not only they need a pill they need it forever Mm -hmm. um and and just to be honest with you the amount of people i've counseled who have been on antidepressants or what have you um their their mental state i very rarely seem to lastingly improve um, normally it's yeah. a, it, normally it's a regular change of dosing. It's a regular change of medication. Like if there's something physically wrong, then I understand like that these things need to be dealt with and affirm that. Like I get, I get like, I, I know, I know somebody whose magnesium was so low that they were like a raging monster all the time and they couldn't figure out what was going on and they got magnesium. And all of a sudden it was like, man, I did not realize that nutrition matters. Mm. Right. Mm. And so, you know, I think my basic, my basic argument here is in regard to the things that are actually, so let me put it this way. If there is something that you know is the point of bother, we are quicker to numb ourselves to that thing than to work through the thing. And this is really problematic. And you don't need a pill. Whether to, it's, yeah, I was about to say, whether it's medication or whatever it is. Yeah, you don't need a pill to do that. Look, whether I, it's what? Medication, medication or whatever. Netflix will do that. Netflix yeah. will do that. Uh, Facebook will do that. Video games will do that. I had a conversation with my mother not long ago about when I was in chemo, like one of the things that, one of the things that they did, they were like, bro, play a game. Like, I mean, mm. I'm, I'm stuck in a hospital bed for five days straight. What are you going to do? Play a game. Here's a laptop, play a game. And I mean, I, I don't, I don't blame them for that. However, the thing that took place in my own life from that is I carried that over into every other difficulty. Mm. And so if you're, if you're, if you're not actually dealing with things at hand, if you're not actually working through difficulty. So for instance, if someone says, why are you so upset? And you actually have an answer to that. And, and look, I'm going to play a, just a momentary self-deception game. I can't tell you how many times in a conversation with somebody, they're like, I don't know. And by the end of the conversation, they know. Yeah, you're just not, they're it, not asking themselves the right yeah, questions. Or it's just, they just don't want to be forthright about it. Yeah. And look, you don't have to, you don't have to have a conversation with somebody to reach that conclusion. I think most of the time you just have to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. There are things that, that really do worry you. Mm-hmm. But so, let, let me, go ahead. I was just going to say, but it's, there is a call for the Christian to share each other's burdens. I, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. like part yeah. of that, like, so for instance, my own, my own fears around my health like, I mean, I, I don't know if I really ever talked to either one of you about that. I've, I've talked to Charles about it in the past, but like my, like throughout the vast majority of my life, especially after I got married, I was so heavily concerned. Any, man, any, if I ran fever, it was like, I'm going to die of cancer tomorrow. Like, like I mean, it, it, and, and that was the way I lived for a long time. And then it hit me one day. I've never sat down and dealt with this. Every single time that I've thought about this particular issue, I've thought, mm, I need to go do something else. That's not what I need to do. Mm. I didn't need to go do something else. I didn't, I, mean, I never relied on a substance or something like that to help take care of that for me. I would just go and do something and, and numb my mind to it. And look, some of the things that you can do are good things. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I can, I can go and, 
Um, I can go and go for a walk or I can go to these things. I'm not saying that those are bad things. Those are good things. But you can use literally anything you want to numb yourself from difficulty. Mm. Um, you can, and here's, here's what I was trying to get at even on Sunday in regard to intimacy and prayer. You can go and say you pray to the Lord all the time and you've never once brought out the actual issue in front of him in prayer life. Mm. I, I, I'm praying. My prayer life's great. I'm like, have you ever, like, when was the last time you actually dealt with the thing that is truly bothersome to you in prayer? Not like, Lord, help me with this thing. But like I, like intimately and authentically going in a broken manner of like, Lord, I need help. And here's all of the ways that I'm seeing this snowball in my life. Like, I need you to draw near. I need you to help me work through this. I'm not going to run anymore. I'm going to bring it right here and we're going to deal. That's got to be a part of the Christian's life because every single person that I've ever met has some major issue that's taking place in their life, whether it be a trauma, great or small, they're all great to the individual and that's perfectly reasonable. It still has to be dealt with in a way that, that, is, that is not a putting aside, but aiming to actually have rest from it. Mm. So like Sibs has a formula that I think is really helpful that's, that's internal desire leads to external motion. External motion continues up until the point where it attains, it attains what it desires and then it rests. For the Christian, I think a lot of times what we do is we have an internal desire and a lot of times it's just rest from the situation and we really don't want to do the external reaching to get us to, this, to, get us to the desire and the rest. It's like, I want freedom from this. Well, how do I get freedom from this? Well, prayer is laborsome. Drawing near to a brother or sister to help me is laborsome. It, desi- it demands that I'm honest, that I say exactly what I mean. It demands probably that as I'm saying it, I might break and cry in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't want people to see us that way. But bro, like, you're a man. You're just a man. Mm-hmm. And if you're just a man, you're weak, you're frail, you're insufficient, and you can't do everything. Most of the time, we can't do everything at 100% of the things that we're required to do. You're just not going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And as you're not able to do it, it's like, Man, it's okay to work through those things with people. It's okay to say, we need to come up with a better way to do this where we can do it really, really well. What it's not okay to do is to sit there and say, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, you're, you're not. Mm. You're not fine. You need to work through it. And that's not saying that you should always live at a point where you're about to shatter. I'm saying that I think sometimes we live at a point where we're always about to shatter because we never permit ourselves to actually pause and work through something and reach a point of rest. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, I'll get up now in light of the rest I've received from this situation and, and finding peace in the providence of God in the midst of it or finding rest in the fact that, you know what, this, this was a really painful moment in my life. It's in the past. God's using it in ways that I can't understand and I may never understand and say, but he's good, and I'll go. And you just mm-hmm. keep going forward. So do you think there's a Christian thing? I do. You can disagree with me. Is there a Christian thing? There is a Christian Where thing. Where we, here's what we do. Like it's sending thoughts and prayers, but we don't, we don't actually take the moment. To actually pray for the people? To actually pray for 100%. the people. Mm-hmm. Verbally, verbalizing your request <clears throat> being made known to God on their behalf as they are in earshot, on the phone, whatever. We have the, we have more technology at our, fa- I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching the choir here. <laughs> you know where it's like, call to action. Yeah, mm-hmm. call to action. People pray with people. This is real. Yeah, we like, do this. That's what we should be doing. Yeah. Like, and it, it's refreshing to both parties. 
Indeed. Mm-hmm. Because it gives one the honor of taking another into the throne. Yep. And and acknowledging <laughs> who calls the shots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. It's like, I don't know. I mean, to me, like, um, yeah, that 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 was one of my takeaways in like prayer and when you were talking when you were preaching about prayer about intimacy mm-hmm. and how so often I think we miss out as God's people. I know I do about number one, being honest and open and transparent about what you're dealing with and being willing to pick up the phone, call somebody, go have coffee, whatever, go walk a country mile together, talk about it, <laughs> you know, whatever that is. Yeah. And then take that moment to actually, you know, go go to the throne room together. You know, mm-hmm. I think like that takes a depth of relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like- It well, also builds the relationship. That's where I was going. And it'll put you into a new- Mm-hmm place together you know what i'm saying where it's mm-hmm. like that where you you had a privilege of being able to confide in one another and i think what we do is we unlock a lot of experiences that people have gone through as mm-hmm. christians right where it's this momentary light affliction is producing in us an eternal weight of glory it's like you never know what this trial or tribulation is that you're going through until someone comes along that you can take this what god did for you in something historical that you see you see it now right in hindsight from start to finish and then be able to encourage them with that same thing. And I think like that's that's body life in, in and of itself. And then being able to take that individual and pr- and commit to pray for them as you know as needed. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times some people want to know that they're not alone in it. Mm-hmm. Like just literally, just base level. Hey, we've we've done this same thing. So like this is this is where I'm getting that from. So Second Corinthians one. Um, Blessed be the God, this is verse three, sorry. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort that with, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Okay, so like the basic play out here is um, we serve a God of comfort. The God of comfort comforts us in the midst of our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort others as they are going through various afflictions. What, what I think sometimes we miss is that the primary, like the starting train of this is actually like, so God, yes, is the God of all comfort. The methodology in which he predominantly seems to comfort his people is with his people. And then mm-hmm. drive that to Titus. Titus 2? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Which is the caring of uh, inside of the roles of men and women. It's like, you know yeah. what? I'm dealing with this. Who am I going to call? I'm going to call my 65-year-old brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that's how we need to think. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I, I was thinking and about it doesn't this, mean to look uh, down on someone's age, but yeah, I'm just saying no. like, yeah. Because sometimes you want, the, like, goodness, you're fixing the siding of your house right now. What do you want? Charles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. My favorite people, my favorite men to meet with are the ones who are about to have kids for the first time. Because... Yeah. Like the last time I remember having serious heart palpitations regularly was when Sarah was pregnant with Isaiah, and I just I was, remember this. I was just I you was terrified. Yourself. I was, and I, I do not remember. I, this. I was like, I don't. I I came to the the point which it was sin. Like I didn't trust the Lord. Yeah, that it was going to work out. Yeah, that everything you were, was going to be were okay. Like really freaking. Yeah, and so now I That's love. Comes back. I love meeting with men who are freaking out. Yeah, who are about <laughs> to have kids, and it's like, man, listen, you know, like because yeah. you can say I was there. Yeah, and the Lord, in essence, delivered me through <laughs> yeah. repentance. But yeah. you know, like, like there was a, a a very serious 
amount of anxiety there that isn't there now, you know? Well, and it comes up, but you have tools in the body and in prayer and all those things and the truth. I always love coming up to a younger brother and I do this. Everybody's like, oh, congratulations, you're pregnant. And he's beaming, you know, I come up and I go, bro. Your life. <laughs> My grandmother's shirt will never be the same ever again. You have nine months. Live, man, live. <laughs> and then my other favorite thing is like when the baby's all straight out of the hospital in the carriage, you know, lean over and go when the parents are around. I can't wait till you wake up and really wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are always good. Yeah, but I mean, Mm. yeah. But I mean, all those are relational ways, right, that we encourage one another. And it is, this is a spiritual ordeal. Yes. Like, you know, it's like, well, so-and-so sat down with me and told me, hey, don't freak out. It's going to be okay. That's That's the spirit of God ministering. Of course. And so, like, again, we play this game of ordinary, and we should, because most of these things are small conversations that are had. I can think of moments and people, just small sentences. They're like, oh, I feel so much better. Yeah. Huh? I said, yeah. And so it's just like in the middle of those, it's like, okay, all right. Like last night, last night of somebody, I, I, it's just been a atrocious last two weeks. I just, <laughs> atrocious. It, it has been. I'm not going mean, to hear you. Yeah, so... Like, I just had my emotional capitals out. I've had a great two weeks, guys. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I'm I like, have not. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I just said I just said my emotional capital is just, it's just exhausted. I said, I'm spiritually good, though. And you know what he said? You're not. You'll Dang be it. fine then. Uh, <laughs> that's, who said I, this? Uh, Darren. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, that's true. Yeah, that's You're right, true. I will be. And I mean, just those, like, they're, they're the smallest exchanges. And even today I had lunch with somebody. I mean, same, same situation, right? I'm just kind of, I mean, I, he asked me like, how can I pray for you? You can pray for just emotional bounce back. Yeah. Like I've just expended mm-hmm. the capital. Mm-hmm. And um, and those conversations are just fueling. They're, and and they, they give life. The danger, and this is real danger, the danger is that as the, the natural way that we function normally in the midst of difficulty is not to lean in, it's to, it's to, it's to run away. And it's a really bad place to be. You're placing yourself not only at spiritual risk because you're pulling away from the body that's going to encourage you. You're slowing down your own maturity and growth and comfort. Mm. Like why? Like I'll be honest with you. I, I'm I'm gonna be selfish when it comes to my comfort. It's like I want people to to care about me and to encourage me. The problem is that if they don't know that I need to be encouraged and cared about, I mean, cared about is universal, but. But like, if I'm at a point of sorrow or I'm at a point of, you know, I'm just exhausted. It's like, I don't, I'm not helping them be the body. I'm not helping myself be encouraged when I say, hey man, we're good. Mm. Like, it's just, it's just a facade. It's not real. And, and I do it's wonder. Very it's very common. Yeah, it is. I do wonder at what point that's sin. Yeah. To say, how are you? I'm great. Yeah. You good? I do wonder what, well? what's the line there on sin. Like, but, and you're not. But do you think yeah. a lot of stressors that we deal with that are contributing to anxiety are things like fights, you know, like you get into a fight or a disagreement or argument and then like six months, not even six months, six days later, you can't remember it. You ever think about this? Yeah. You oh, have to, like the thing that's so serious now, like next Julie week and I or next used year. used to have the worst disagreements yeah. when we were driving from Mississippi to see her parents and the baby's crying. <laughs> <laughs> Why yeah. is the baby crying? 
crying. I don't know. <laughs> what does it need? You're like, try the pacifier. It's not working. He's spitting it out. And I'm like, is he hungry? I don't know. Check his, th- I mean, just, and then now you look back and you're like, bro, that's some of the most deep, dark, anxious, mo-. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and it's like, now it's like, I've, I, until we like get here and start thinking about some of the biggest, most anxious moments was like, oh my gosh, we've got to drive from Mississippi to you know, Tennessee uh-huh. again, and this is going to be the journey that we get to go on, you know, uh-huh. like to the point where you could take that crying baby and like insulate yourself from the rest of society. You know what I'm saying? From like the yeah. rest of society. Yeah. Julie and I would not take the babies out to eat for fear of like making other people look at us because the baby <laughs> was crying. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that big of a deal. We don't know. Everybody in the restaurant's always looking at us because Rowan's like, hey, you want to be my best friend? <laughs> um, but So my question was, do you think do you think a lot of the anxiety is not to make them seem superficial, but I in some sense I think they are very fleeting. Yeah, sometimes. I think I think some of them are. And I think so this is my number one marriage counseling line is let the little things be little and the big things be big. Yeah. And that should be applied like that's that's a manner of life in which I live, which yeah. is like they're little things. And I'm going to treat them like they're little. The big things, I'm going to treat as if they're big. I'll be honest with you. It's very rare that I come across an actual big thing. Like, just even with the assessment of, I'm going to let the little things be little. Like, it's so rare. I, like, in, in my marriage, I think I've come across, like, three or four things where, like, that's a big thing. Like, that has to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we're arguing and we can certainly, and this is bandwidth across any relationship. It doesn't have to be inside of marriage. I mean, I can think of times that you and I'm pointing to Don, that Don and I fought. I can think of frictions that that Blake and I have had as well, where it's like, these are why? Why am I? Why, <laughs> why am I? Happening? Yeah, why is this happening? <laughs> why am I upset with one of you? Normally, you're being ungracious when you read my text messages, which I've, I've apologized. <laughs> I've apologized to you about that in the past. <laughs> I, I didn't even remember. Yeah, you didn't. I remember it. <laughs> I remember it. I was. I can tell you where I was sitting. I was like, I read that so hatefully, and I was like, he wasn't being that way. Um, and so, you know, it's like making sure that we're. This goes back to bar to, to giving away bandwidth. It's like, why am I going to give high amounts of emotional capital to this thing that it, that half the time isn't even the thing that it is? Yeah. But you, was it you who said? I'm sorry. If it is him, he's going to be so mad. Living in light of eternity? I've said that, yes. <laughs> Somebody said this. Why it would really, I be mad? It really hung with me. Yeah. I don't know who this it was. Man. This <laughs> man. Hey, we have me- are you familiar with our measures here? <laughs> Knowledge of God, steadfast love, faithfulness? This man has been, a, this man had been a look. Hold on. This Years. is probably a much needed comic relief. So we're, I have been one of our primary measures, like the way we, we think about Christian maturity is knowledge of God, steadfast love, faithfulness. These are all working together, and they kind of built, right? So one day, probably like two years after Don is an installed elder, he says... Two? Yeah, probably. Yeah, he says, he says, man, I just, that's so helpful. And I'm like... <laughs> it permeated my prayers. We should write that down somewhere. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it, yeah, I think he may face. have actually said yes. this. Lost his face flabbergasted it's probably on our website aghast. Our website. it's on our website he was aghast <laughs> okay anyway aghast i was okay but i do think that some of the thing i think part of bearing with a brother what we've already said is when something is big or feels big to them and they're anxious about sure. it is owning with them that it 
it's a big deal. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, yeah, validating yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think like, that's part of the beginning of our help for, you know, I agree everything that you're saying about making the big things, big things and little things, little things. But sometimes when people get deep into this moment of anxiety, sometimes the most helpful thing to say is like, I realize that this is the well, that's biggest thing in weed. front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like knowing how big that is in front of you, what are the things that we can do? To well, I, th- I was thinking about the crying baby because I don't have a I don't have the baby in the back seat anymore, right? Yeah. And it's being able to come along somebody and say now they talk, yeah, and you know it's being able to come along <laughs> somebody in light of eternity, right? Yeah. That I would never I would never undermine someone in whatever situation it is that they're s- stressing about, having anxiety about, mm-hmm. would never undermine them, would always validate them. But I do think there is that perspective then that we provide yeah. right from the throne of God into that situation. And I think from from there navigating it, I think it's always in some sense that whatever it is is going to be short-lived. Yeah, everything is. Everything is, which I think is really helpful. I think that's a lot of times like rebuking myself, like Moses taught us to count our days, right? It's like today is the day of the Lord. It's the only day I have. And when I think inside this scope, that's really that's really a healthy way. That's an obedient way. Let me say that. It's a biblically obedient way of thinking. Yep is that today is the only day that we have for tomorrow has enough concerns of its own. And we yeah. will turn that page. And I think it is stepping out of um, mm. understanding who God is and the ultimate giver of life to consider days beyond today. Or, or circumstances beyond ours. Yes. So like, I think that that's absolutely... I, like above your pay grade, that's the idiom. Above the pay grade. Yeah. So like, I, yeah. like if you're... I mean, I think probably all of us have done this. We've seen a circumstance of a particular person and you said, I don't know how I'd walk through that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm not surprised you don't know how you would walk through that because you're not, like, you're you're not walking through it. The Lord's not giving you the grace necessary currently to walk through it. it this isn't your lot at this particular moment. It may end up being your lot down the road. Mm-hmm. And when that takes place, the Lord will give you grace to walk through it and to walk through it well. But you trying to reach over and examine yourself based upon someone else's circumstances mm-hmm. is just wholly unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're because you're always going to be like, no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And it's like, bro, the 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 things borderline that people, calling God a liar. Absolutely, because the scriptures are clear. He is yeah. the God of all grace yeah. and mercy. He's going to get you through at the appropriate time. Yeah. yeah. And so I think so. I do think that a lot of our, I'll say I'll I'll be personal. I think a lot of my previous anxieties have been anchored in what if just a simple phrase what if mm-hmm. and it's like hey man god doesn't deal in counterfactuals mm-hmm. like you can play the what if game all you want to it's not where you are like literally the the fundamental like benchmark of the question is this is not reality so it's like what if is a good place to stop yourself mm-hmm. it's like if that begins to be the thought it's like hey it doesn't matter that's not where we are it's like, mm-hmm. this is where we are today. Tomorrow may be a different place, but right now, this is what's happening. And that's not to say not to count the cost and all of that. Like, th- there's certainly two buckets that these things fall in. Yes, you need to plan your life. Yes, you need to make wise decisions for the future. But but you can't be stealing from tomorrow because you're not there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you... And it's yeah. it's it's presuming on God. It is. It's presuming that tomorrow will come. That's right. Like just in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And then like the lots that will unfold there. I mean, you think about borrowing trouble in this. And this is my mom's phrase. She used to drive me nuts with this. You're borrowing trouble. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> uh, but she's absolutely right. It's like every time you're borrowing trouble. But I remember sitting in a room 
um, and uh, the, the day before, so like, like once every year and then once every three years and then once every five years, I would go to the doctor. They'd scan me up and down right after my, after my cancer, after I was in remission. The most horrifying day of my life was the day that they were going to tell me the results. It's the most terrifying, horrid day ever. And at the end of that day, it was the best day of my life. Mm. Always. Mm. I mean, that's, you know, I understand that there could have been terrible news to be given, but it's like I am, I am literally throwing myself into chaos mm. because I'm so fearful of what might come to pass. And it's just a giant what if. Mm-hmm. And not only did it not come to pass, like instead it was God being gracious and kind and merciful and giving me a clean bill of health mm-hmm. and then go, I mean, you know, go be faithful. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, man, I, I, instead, of, instead of trusting his providence, even if it be the opposite mm-hmm. outcome, I'm just riling myself up into chaos. Mm. And so I think so much of our anxieties are anchored in a, and, I, and I, I mean this again, broad brush. So much of our anxieties are, are we actually trusting in the sovereign mm-hmm. and in our trusting of him? Even, even when we want to ask a question, most of the time we do it in our head. Mm. Well, what if this? Well, why don't you, this is what I'm saying. Why don't you grab hold of those thoughts and why don't you drag them into the throne room and make them obedient to Christ, mm. right? And bring them and work them out there. All right. <laughs> broad like brush. Anything? Yeah, broad brush. The, hold on. I really, I want to make a disclaimer. This may even be worth a disclaimer at the beginning. I'm looking at Charles right now. Like, whenever we're talking about these issues, like, the, the, the keynote is we are painting with a broad brush. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is true of the podcast in general. The podcast in general is a broad brush podcast. There may be things where we would sit down and as we're having a conversation with you say, Hey, you know what? This this may be the better route here. Um, but but in general, right? As we're painting with a broad brush, I think especially in our day and time, our the mentality around mental health is bloated with secularism and also a borderline like materialism. Right, where not even borderline, a materialism that simply says you're just matter. You don't need to actually work these things out. You don't really need to bring them to God. All you need Mm -hmm. to do is to numb yourself and they'll go away. Here's the reality. Blake Blake has made this comment in the past. I'm dragging you here with me, Blake. Um, That that 90% of of counseling is repent or forgive. Yeah. Um, And and I, I stand by that. The, um, but if you're living in a perpetual state of sin in an unrepentant way, or if you're embittered by something and refusing to forgive, I would not expect that your mental health would be particularly strong. Or your physical health. Or your physical health. Like, to say that these two things do not directly influence the way you live your life is, is craziness. So often, the mental health that we are trying to develop in our own— and, and I'll say for the—I'll speak specifically of the Christian, right— developing our own souls is there are sins that I need to put to death. Mm. And as I'm refusing to put them to death, it's naturally doing damage to me. Mm -hmm. Like the basic premise here is right. That sin leads to death. 
That, that's, that's the confession that we make. Yep. To say that the thing that leads you to death has no ramifications on you on the way there is craziness. Um, there's going to be side effects. There's going to be detriments. There's going to be difficulties. And so we need to be ready and prepared to repent. And we also need to be ready and prepared to forgive. I think one of the great ways that we see um, therapy, counseling, that type of thing, and I'm speaking really more of the secular vein, is making you a perpetual victim and never encouraging you to forgive and Mm. move forward. Those are dangerous places to be. Mm. And so, you know, I think this is, this is a massive topic, Sure, but broad brush, I guess that would, that'll do. All right. So in conclusion, Lawson has a Bible verse. Read it again. Yeah, I'm going to read it again. I think it's probably the best one anyway. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 1, 3 and following. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with we, which we ourselves are comforted by God. So I'd like to thank my fellow elders, Lawson Harlow and Blake McCullough for the time spent today. Fellas, what does your hat say? New kids on the block. Hey, my brothers and my friends. <laughs> Had a Gosh bunch of hits. <laughs> Had a bunch of hits. I've been telling I've been telling Don and Bailey for the last uh, I guess five years that I'm smack dab in the middle of both of them, so I understand them both. And then Don, I don't understand either. Of them. Shatters my my whole worldview when he says I just turned forty four. I'm like, no, you yeah, turned forty three. Corrected me. She's like, Don, you're telling people that you're forty three. You're not turning forty three. You're turning forty four. We are turning forty four this month. And I'm like, are you serious? I went out and looked at one of those birthday calculators like, tag gum. (laughs) (laughs) I'm way off. One solid year. You did just lose a year of your life. You did. You did. It's gone. But maybe Uh, it got added on the back end. Yeah. That all evens out. I don't know. (laughs)